is not like a city where you can try out five different co-working spaces and then you find whatever you like. No, if you make the commitment to come to Bansko to fly to Sofia to do the transfer, you're basically stuck with us. There's nothing else for nomads in Bansko, which means people need to know before they come what, what is it that they're going to expect, like what experience are they going to have. And this is why for us content is so important. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Kraszowski, and welcome to episode 22 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Matthias Zaitler, the co-founder of Coworking Bansko, a co-working space in a small mountain town of Bansko, Bulgaria, that is making a lot of noise in the digital nomad space as possibly one of the best places to chill out and get some work done in Europe. And I recently had the pleasure of uh, visiting Coworking Bonsco, and afterwards I decided to have Matthias on the show to tell us more about why he decided to start a co-working space, why in the world he chose to do it in a small mountain village in Bulgaria, and just what is so great about Bonsco that it's attracting dozens of nomads that are even buying property there. You'll find all this and more in today's interview. Uh, but before we jump into that, I do want to give you a friendly reminder to leave a review if you haven't already. Reviews are what make this podcast grow and introduce it to more people. Uh, and speaking of other people, if you are digging these episodes, go ahead and share them with a friend on social. And if you tag me, I'll make sure to send you uh, loads of good vibes. Um, also, another thing. I wanted to let you know that thanks to the advice from my friends over at Fizzle, I decided to try something new with this interview. If you head over to the show notes of this episode, which you can find via the link in the description, you can also read a behind-the-scenes blog post about my experience at Coworking Bonsco, why salsa dancing is better than boxing, and how to turn your laptop into a SpaceX rocket in five simple steps. Uh, anyways, with that nonsense out of the way, let's dive into this week's episode with Matthias Zaitler from Coworking Bonsco. All right. Well, Matthias, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, taking the time to be on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited to chat with you because uh, you are one of the founders of the Coworking Bonsco uh, co-working space in Bonsco, Bulgaria. And as many people who are listening know, Bulgaria has a very soft spot in my heart. Uh, and I just got the chance to check out the co-working space. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because it is an amazing co-working space and what you've built there is quite awesome. So uh, I'm really excited to chat about it. Yeah, I'm super excited about Bulgaria as well. So, I mean, I came here three years ago for the first time. I uh, didn't really know a lot about Bulgaria back then, but now being here, it's just fantastic. So what, like why, where are you from originally and why did you, like what first brought you to Bulgaria? Um, so I'm originally from Munich and I have always kind of lived and worked in different places around the world. And a few years ago, I met my co-founder Uwe on a sailing trip where we, we kind of uh, liked each other and we said, okay, let's do something together. And we were thinking about doing either co-living or a co-working space somewhere. Um, I lived in Salzburg at the time. He's from Austria. So initially we looked at Austria, but it was super hard to find like the right place for us. Nothing really felt 
uh, it would be the destination where we want to do something. And then a friend of mine told me, hey, guys, why don't you look at Bulgaria? It's like a Mediterranean climate. It's, it's super nice people. There's lots to do. And it's only 10% income tax. <laughs> and then, of course, for me, 10% income tax, when you're location independent, this is a real draw for a location when you want to have like a legal setup, not do something shady in Panama or Hong Kong, but really have a base in Europe. So I grabbed it, came here for some. Uh, we rented a house in Barnstone, and we totally loved the environment. So we didn't know if a ski resort town would also be interesting in the summer. But for me personally, I think the summer here is even more exciting because it's like this rural village feeling. It's very stress-free living. There's no traffic jam. There's lots of things to do. And of course, there's the mountains. And as I mentioned, I'm from Munich. So for me, having the mountains somewhere in the back is always great. And these mountains here, they're amazing. Yeah. Why? So what did you do? Because you said that you know, you and Uwe immediately thought about co-working and co-leaving. Like, what were you doing before that that was kind of like your initial idea? So um, I, I was running a startup um, at the time, and I was a member in a co-working space. And for a few years, I organized a co-working uh, retreat type of event where for six weeks we took over a five-star hotel in the off-season in Turkey and in Egypt and in Tunisia mm -hmm. and set up a temporary co-working space. So this whole like co-working, co-living vibe is something that I really enjoy. And then meeting Uwe uh, was kind of at the right type point of my life where I said, okay, let's move from this temporary co-working retreat that we organize. Let's move to something more permanent. And also I personally was looking for a different base. So um, because I was based in Salzburg, but I traveled a lot. And then mm -hmm. if you travel a lot and you have a business where you can work from wherever, it's not great to have a base in a, in a country like Austria where taxes are super high, cost of living are high. So I always came back like every month or so to, to wash my laundry and to do the taxes. And after a while, I felt like, no, this is not the right thing. I'm paying way too much for this lifestyle if I stay in Austria. So I was looking for places. And uh, I was looking also at Asia. I really love Asia. I love scuba diving. But... Uh, for me, a base kind of needs to be a little bit more European and also the climate needs to be not so hot that it's killing me. And and I think this is where Bulgaria came along at the right time because it has a, a really, really rain here. Uh, the summers are very warm. Of course, the winters are cold, but you want the winters cold to have snow that you can ski and snowboard. So mm -hmm. um, the food is kind of like European food. And I love Chinese. And we even have a Chinese restaurant in Bansko. Really? Uh, I didn't. Oh, yes. Yes, that's impressive. I mean, it's only one, but it is one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, general, the food is more like you have salads, you have lots of vegetables, you have good meats. It's kind of what I've grown up with and what I would miss if I'm in Asia too long. Then I kind of miss the European cuisine. I miss good bread. And mm -hmm. like in Bulgaria, you can find all these things easily that makes the daily life comfortable. So yeah, especially me, good bread you can find a lot of in Bulgaria. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it's because we share all this same history of Europeans, right? So it's more of the European culture. And for me, this was the perfect place. I still travel. I still travel a lot. But I like to have a base where, where I'm feeling at home with the culture. Yeah, and like, I've had this conversation with other nomads as well, is that Eastern Europe is sort of like the Southeast Asia, like the other version of Southeast Asia. Like there's a lot of similarities, but it's like Europe, Southeast Asia almost. So I think that's why it's such an attractive location for location dependent, you know, workers and digital nomads. Now, why did you, you know, Bulgaria is a country that has a lot of options in it. Like, why did you go to Bansko? Was it just because of the mountains or like, was there something else that attracted you to Bansko? 
I mean, it was mostly because of the mountains. So uh, I love to be in cities for a short time. But I personally feel that being in cities for longer time is really sucking a lot of the energy from you, right? Because there's a lot of stress, lots of things going on, there's pollution and so on. And I think this is why a lot of nomad hubs are happening on beach locations, where you have like these smaller beach towns. And, and when Uwe and I, when we started, we said, okay, there's already so many people doing stuff on beaches. We don't need to do something on a beach. Let's do something where there's not so many working space around the world. There's really not a lot of nomad destinations where you can ski in the winter and where you can go in the mountains in the summer. And um, I mean, this was kind of like the market research aspect of it. Should we do it here? But then also it was a very personal choice because I love the mountains. I love the energy that mountains bring to your life. And even if you don't go up the mountain every single day, at least you see it on the horizon. And it's, it's kind of, yeah, it feels comfortable for me. So and then we saw Bansko and we just loved it. I mean, it's like not a typical tourist ski resort like you see them in Austria, for example, where the town shuts down over the summer and only exists in the winter. But this is actually a trading station that has been here for a thousand years. So there's like a historic old town. There's a lot of history around the village. Uh, and there's people living here real, year round independent of the ski resort operator. And um, I think this is also important that you're not in this totally artificial environment uh, that only operates for tourists. Yeah, and you're also, I mean, for people who don't really know where Bansko is, it's, it is conveniently located close enough to Sofia where you can use, you know, the airport in Sofia. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to get to Bansko from Sofia, which is also very convenient. Um, what was the process of, because I think this is one of the really amazing things when you go to the co-working space there in Bansko is like, I wasn't expecting to see as many digital nomads as there were, you know, like there, there were tons what was the process of popularizing it and marketing it to the community? Because, you know, you we know Bonsco now, but back then you know, probably not a lot of people knew it. So how did you popularize it within the community? So I, I think it, it grew in waves. So the first year, um, basically only friends of Uber and me showed up. So we... We, of course, were nomads. We know a lot of nomads. We went to a lot of places. We had some friends that were organizing nomad vacations and retreats. So the first year was really focused on our friends. So I think very few people showed up here that we didn't know. Um, a lot of these people brought their friends because they said, hey, we really liked it in Bansko. You should come along. And now this year is really the first year where we have um, members showing up on the door where it's no longer so easy to identify what is the personal connection to these people. Like, why do they come? Because it's, it's kind of like word of mouth is spreading around Bansko. People enjoy the experience. Um, we have about 30 people that have bought apartments in Bansko and moved their residency. And which means this makes them very, very strong ambassadors of the place because they made such a big commitment into Bansko themselves. And of course, they want to spread the word and want to have more and other people also having this experience and coming here. Mm, so have you you're not really sure like where like that channel was that really popularized it? Like, like what have you guys tried in terms of like spreading the word? Like what were some of the things that you guys tried? Um, I mean, we do a lot of content marketing. Uh, which means we produce a lot of content. We have people that are writing stories about the experiences of Bansko, some of the stories that happen here in Bansko. Um, there's a lot of digital nomad groups on Facebook uh, where whenever somebody is asking, hey, where can I go in the mountain or where can I ski? Uh, normally either one of us or one of our members is answering there. So it's clearly driven on the social media channels. And I would think it's mostly about content. And what we are trying to do, we try to be authentic. 
So we only kind of, we don't have an agency that's creating content for us for digital nomads or something mm -hmm. like this. So we have this uh, 10 best digital nomad locations and then we now. So what we try to do is we try to encourage our members to write about Bunsko. Um, we also do some events that facilitate this. For example, in October, every year we run a travel blogger on conference where we bring travel bloggers to Bunsko. And then of course they also write about Bunsko. Mm -hmm. And I think this helps to have like real stories um, about what's happening here and then people can decide if they want to come or not come because of course for them it's a big investment so for to come to Bansko you have to fly this is not like a city where you can try out five different co-working spaces and then you find whatever you like no if you make the commitment to come to Bansko to fly to Sofia to do the transfer you're basically stuck with us there's nothing else for nomads in Bansko which means people need to know before they come what what is it that they're going to expect like what experience are they going to have and this is why for us content is so important Mm. What is um, life like? Like, give us an example of, let's say we make that trip. Like, let's say somebody comes to Sofia and like, takes the, the trip down to Bansko. Like, what does life look like for a nomad in Bansko? Uh, I mean, you get very, very quickly integrated in our community. Um, so, for example, I'm just coming back for lunch. We normally go out to lunch together with a group and, and eating food helps. Tonight we will have uh, a game night where we play board games. Uh, tomorrow is a marketing session where uh, somebody is presenting a marketing topic and then afterwards we go to dinner together. On Thursdays we go to the hot springs together. On Fridays we have a big barbecue. On the weekends normally people go hiking or do day trips like to, for example, to Kevala to the beach. Uh, we currently have seven puppies in the co-working space so people yes. play with dogs all the time. <laughs> I uh, spent like, maybe an hour playing with puppies while I was at the co-working space. <laughs> so um, there's always something happening. And because the people that come here don't have a big city where they have um, other people in the co-working space that have a life outside the co-working space, it means that everyone wants to find friends and wants to make these social connections with other people. So it's very, very open. And you get integrated very quickly also because it's very focused. Everyone here understands what it is like to be a digital nomad. What is our daily struggle? How can we make each other more successful doing online things? Mm -hmm. And I, I think this really helps and this creates also this very generous community where people share their skills, where normally maybe they would charge for a workshop or for a consulting. And here you can just pick someone's brain over lunch and say, hey, how can I deal better with Facebook ads? Or how can I target my Instagram followers? Or uh, we had a discussion this morning in the social space, like how should we and how does this affect taxing and so you can get a lot of knowledge but you will also find friends you will do things together um, and I think this is the magic of Bansko it's a very limited community in a sense that there's not a lot of other things happening outside the co-working space but inside the co-working space you will find constant activities and things to do and, and this is creating like this uh, environment where everyone wants to contribute and everyone wants to really help out the others as well yeah the, the, and the other thing that you kind of mentioned in passing was that I think you said you had something like 30 nomads that have bought apartments in Bansko and that can sound pretty you know I think to people listening that sounds pretty crazy why are people buying apartments in Bansko um, yeah of course this is totally crazy I mean I think the idea of a nomad is that you live from your backpack and now you turn them into digital residents basically um, I think uh, we also attract a lot of nomads for a few years and once you have traveled the world and seen many, many places, then all of a sudden you also feel like you want to have a home base. You want to have a place where you belong, where you know other people, because normally when you travel as a nomad, you will meet a lot of people, but all these friendships are very short-lived because everyone is constantly on the move. 
So I think people are longing for a place that they can call home. And in Bansko, um, a few years ago, when Bulgaria joined the European Union, there was a big overdevelopment in real estate. So there's many, many empty apartments. And there's still many, many empty apartments, which means that people can buy a studio starting from 10,000 euros and a, a one bedroom for about 20,000 euros, which is something that a lot of people can just buy cash. You don't need to take out a loan or anything. You just buy a studio and then you have your own place. And I think this is very attractive for people, especially in combination with the fact that you only pay 10% real uh, income tax if you have a Bulgarian company. So if you work online, this is a really good online company. If you want to earn a local salary, it's not so great. But if you have a business that has foreign customers and you do everything online, then I think it's fantastic. And this combination of having uh, low cost to actually acquire property and then also this business environment is really attractive for a lot of nomads, especially in combination with the community where you know when you come back, you will instantly know friends and you will have friends. And uh, now we have members that are coming back every three months. We have members that stay here six months and then travel the other half of the year. But whenever they come back, they already know a few people in the co-working space and they know the culture and they know that the experience will be great. And this, I think this is why a lot of people make it their home base. Do you guys as, you know, like the co-working space, do you guys help people go through the process of purchasing apartments? Like, is that a service that you guys offer? Because I know some of those things can be pretty tough to do in Bulgaria. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we don't offer uh, any real estate agency services like this. However, what we do is we create a lot of content for people to make their life super easy in Bansko. Mm. Uh, we have a, a, a wiki with information. We have an onboarding email series and one of the onboarding emails is actually about buying real estate and what to look out for and how not to be scammed. Uh, we have a lawyer that we recommend normally for transactions and we tell people very clearly that um, don't buy the first thing that you see online, but look at multiple places. There's absolutely no, no, no rush. Don't listen to the real estate agent. Talk to multiple agents. So, of course, we help them to navigate um, this, but we don't want to be a service provider for real estate or any other type of services because I think this also takes then away a little bit of what our community makes great. So we want to be honest and we want to give people actual advice. They become a member and then uh, everything that we provide, all the other stuff is free and based on what they need. If we would provide real estate services, then maybe we would be forced in doing things like normal real estate agents and trying to sell apartments. So for us, it's much better to give people all the information and help them and also encourage members to talk with other members uh, about their experiences so that we kind of build up our own knowledge and are not kind of relegated to whatever the real estate people tell us. Mm. I am an extreme co-working nerd. Like it's what I do when I go to different places is the first thing that I do is I Google and find out where all the co-working spaces are and then I'll travel around. It's something that's always fascinated me as an industry and as a concept. What was like the process of setting up the co-working space like in Bonsco? You know, like what were the difficulties that you experienced? Um, I mean, for me, what was interesting, I was a member in a co-working space in Salzburg for a long time. And that co-working space is amazing. Um but it was based in a business center. So basically all the facility management was taken care of by the business center, actually just community management and the events. And then similar, when I did my co-working retreats, we did it in a hotel, so all the infrastructure was taken care of and I only did the community and the events and the marketing. Um, in Bansko, we are not based in a business center or in a hotel, so we have to deal with all the stuff ourselves. And um, 
a lot of things break in a winter resort, especially if you're in Bulgaria. So we had to replace the heating, we had broken pipes, we had electricity issues. Um, it's like our our door didn't really close for a long time because the wood was kind of bent out of shape. So it was all like this dealing with contractors and all these issues that took a lot of energy. And I totally underestimated this in the beginning. Um, but we were really lucky because we had a Bulgarian operations manager, Irina, and even though she's a designer and an artist, she figured out how to deal with all the contractors and, and where to get the best deals and how much we should pay and what we have to tell contractors to actually get what we want. Kind of like things still break, but we have a much better process now. We know exactly who to call and when. And so the, this is taken care of. But I think for me, this was the biggest learning that when you deal with a physical business, there's a lot of things that you don't experience when you just have online products. Mm, yeah. One of the interesting things that I haven't at least personally seen a co-working space do is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you guys several months ago to maybe a year ago sent out an email that you would be looking for almost like co-owners, like you were looking for people to like buy into the co-working space. What was the idea behind that and how did that work out? So, um, for us, a community is super important in Monsko. And when Uwe and I, when we started the space, it was more like a hobby. Um, so members started to do a lot of things that they probably wouldn't do in a commercially run co-working space. So, for example, as I mentioned, we, uh, we have members that clean our coffee machine. In the winter, we have people that help uh, with the snow shoveling. Uh, in the garden, we had a lot of people that got involved in the garden project doing things. So the community here is very active and they already feel like they own the co-working space partly. And this was also always our intention. So we tell members when they come, this is your home now and please treat it like your home. Um, so we thought last year, hey, this would actually be great if members would actually also own the space. So that Uwe and I, we would also just be members. I mean, we created this community because we, we wanted this atmosphere. We didn't create it because we wanted to create a big business. And we thought, okay, if it's like this, why don't we find a few other members that have a similar minded? And it actually, to some extent, it worked out great. So we found 25 members that said, yes, we're going to put in some money and we will put in some work and we will own the co-working space together. Um, and I was super excited by this. I mean, this is a, a, a big show of trust from, from the members. But unfortunately, after a few months, we had to stop the project because we found out that even though people were willing to put in money and everyone was excited to do some work, uh, most people couldn't do work because on the one hand, they travel a lot. And on the other hand, everyone else is running their business. So um, kind of um, yeah, spending time here in the co-working space, working on things that you don't want to work on is, um, is not so great. So we stopped this project and we transformed it a little bit. So instead of creating this co-op structure where people would own the space, we now have a structure of elder members, members that stay here more than six months per year, that have a little bit more insight in the what's happening at the co-working space and it can also advise us like what should be changed, what should we do, but they don't actually have this obligation to work or to put money in. So we changed from having a co-op structure, which I think would have been really cool, but turned out there's maybe a reason why other co-working spaces are not organized like this, uh, to having more like of a more community engagement through an elder. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting because it immediately, I mean, I dream about a, about a day where I own a co-working space, but obviously that's not uh, written in the stars for me the next couple of years, but when I saw that email, I was like, man, like that'd be so cool to put some money in and own like a share of a co-working space. So that was really, really intriguing, but I totally understand, you know, how, 
that can cause issues as well. Um, one of the interesting things that I was thinking about when I visited Bonsko over the the weekend just a couple of days ago was, you know, I'm from Varna and that's kind of like where, you know, I spend a lot of time and Bonsko is quite a bit smaller than a city like Varna or Sofia or Plovdiv or any of these other cities in Bulgaria where nomads and other remote workers can kind of get lost almost like they're not felt, you know, in the local you know, community. However, in Bonsko, it is small enough to where if, you know, 30, 40, 50 nomads roll in, they're going to feel it. Have you like what has the experience from the local community in Bonsko, you know, the local Bulgarians, what how have they reacted to this uh, like onrush of nomads? So I think uh, a lot of them still don't understand what we do. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the mayor said to, at our opening that um, he doesn't really understand what we do, but he loves that there are so many young people with computers coming to Banscombe. And I think this is the, the kind of feeling around town. So uh, we're about 100 members now. And um, even though Banscombe has many, many tourists in the winter, in the summer it's a little bit different. And we're here year-round. We have people that stay between one and three months. We normally go to the same businesses and uh, kind of send people to the same apartment owners to rent. So... I think for the businesses where we engage with, they are super happy because this is a group of people that's coming to Bansko, that's spending money in Bansko that hasn't been here before. And it's also a little bit different than the normal British tourist that comes here for the upper ski party, um, because I call it mostly party and stuff. And the people that come here, um, they start businesses, they are all very generous, they're very helpful. So we have some projects with local uh, business where we help them, for example, with marketing ideas, how can they market their hotel better to tourists and because we have a lot of people that know digital marketing, things like this. And um, I, I'm also super happy. I mean, often we don't exactly know who who helps us, but there's a little bit of a magic bubble around the co-working space. And whenever we need help from someone in Bansko, uh, there's always someone who can help with something. So regardless of what we need, there's always people that say, hey, we really love what you do and we, we want to help you with this. And I think this is great. And similarly, we want to help the local community. So when we recommend, for example, apartments or restaurants or hotels, we don't take a commission from the locals. We are saying, okay, we, we recommend you because you provide a good business, because our members like you and because we like you. And this is why uh, you're on our list, not because you pay us money. And I think this is also that a lot of people here are not used to. So because the tourism business is very, very uh, competitive. And that somebody is saying, hey, we just sent you sent you guests for free. It's like, yeah, a lot of people don't really understand it until they meet why we do this. And and for me, this really helps us also to integrate better into this village community. Because in a village, it's different than in the city. It's not so much like uh, strong business. It's more like what connections do you have? Who do you know? And how can you engage with people? Um, what is next to the co-working space? Like, what does the what do you feel like the future looks like? Um, so, I mean, this summer we have, I think, reached the capacity, the physical capacity of our co-working space. I don't know how the barbecue was when you were here on Friday because I was away, but we had some some events in the summer where people couldn't even stand on the grass anymore yeah. because it was so many. It's like, uh, and you know, so to deal with these physical restrictions of the space, we are going to open another winter, so the winter years in the summer for us and we have found a really nice location in an apartment complex where we can take over the restaurant and turn it into a co-working space and then we also have more apartments available for people that are looking for apartments plus it will all be in a bigger complex so it's more like a co-living experience for a lot of the members that come 
Also what we are doing is for next year, we also want to build Bansko uh, a little bit bigger into a nomad destination, not only in the co-working space, but also outside. So we are organizing the Bansko Nomad Festival in the first week of July, where we want uh, a conference that lasts for one week, where you combine conference sessions, meetups, activities in the mountains, and the idea is to bring 500 nomads here next summer. Um, I personally work on, a, on another project here. So now with the co-working space, we attract a lot of freelancers and solopreneurs. And I think there's also a room to attract businesses from outside Bulgaria to say, let's open an office in Bansko. So I'm working on a 10,000 square meter office. It's totally crazy now, but maybe in three years when we have all these companies here, it won't sound so crazy anymore. Wow. So, And I heard that the, because I totally agree when I was there, it was definitely, even when I worked out of the co-working space on Friday, you could definitely feel that it was full. So I understand kind of like building out. And I heard that the new location is going to be closer to the mountains. Is that right? So are you thinking like that it's going to be easier to work and then hop up on the ski lift and go skiing? Uh, no, I mean, we already have a location closer to the mountains in the gondola okay. area. Um, but the new location is, is kind of a little bit off-site the, where we are now. So it's, it's like a triangle, basically. We will cover all of Bansko with co-working spaces, basically. And uh, regardless where you are, you won't have to walk very far to get to the next location. That's cool. Um, the thing like working out from the space and then hopping on the ski lift is also something that we learned. Um, we expected that this would happen because when you're in a beach co-working, water right but for skiing like most of the members that ski um, they always work like one day and then ski the next day because it's very exhausting to ski right and you have a lot of gear and then you probably want to take a shower and a nap and do a little bit upper ski um, so the, the working that people jump right into the gondola didn't really happen also i'm super surprised that in the last winter uh, when i asked members how many of the members actually go on the mountain only half of them told me that they're here for the skiing and the other half told me that they don't even like the winter and yet they stayed the whole season here so it's like uh, super interesting how people uh, choose to use the space and like how much they actually come for what we think is the main attraction of bansko and how much they just come to be around with other humans Mm. If somebody's listening and they are pumped to come see Bonsco, where can they find out more about the co-working space? Uh, so, of course, we have a website, um, coworkingbonsco.com, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, but we also have a Facebook group called Coworking Bonsco Base for Digital Nomads. And this is a great place to connect with our alumni and also ask questions about Bonsco and then um, see, see what the atmosphere actually is before you come here. Well, great. Matthias, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. I really I really appreciate it uh, coming down and telling us a little bit about Bonsko. I, I, I really appreciate it. And I, I love the space. So uh, that was great. Okay. Thank you, Mitko. I hope to see you soon again in Bonsko. And thank you for having me on the show.